Remember, you can stay up to date on the latest news with the Irish Independent WhatsApp channel. Shachtan, an Indo Askeliga. Time in Mon Iruk the Yen of Chacht Erechor. Agasuligum a Makan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfin. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Tashe Dochretche, Nachvetok, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestin Echo. Vientolum again omgrev or corn rachtum. Yatakshatorin Graven or Corson, Elistuhalagus Gimina Fracht, Gorokligs or Dukashin Echor. Only Venown, Thordorakshin. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms. Hello and you're welcome to The Big Tech Show with me, Adrian Weckler. Now, it's been almost a year since I bought an electric car. I took the plunge. I decided to put my money where my mouth is. I've always wanted to drive electric. I've driven them for years, reviewed them for years, and I decided to take the plunge. A year in, what have I learned? What are the good things and the bad things and the in-between things? What, as uh, somebody who might be considering going electric, if you're driving petrol or diesel or hybrid at the moment, what would you want to know? And and what are the good or the bad, the the untainted version of what I've learned? Well, JJ Clark is here with me. And uh, JJ, have you ever considered buying an electric car? Yeah, I, I'm currently on a petrol car at the moment, mm. uh, Volkswagen Golf, and very interested in. I've test drive, uh, drove uh, an electric car before and, and love the smoothness of it and mm. love the idea of it, the principle behind it. Yeah, and that's one of the main reasons that I switched over was for uh, the principle behind it, the environmental reasons. I do think we have to get away from petrol and diesel and fossil fuel. So I've picked out three good things and three bad things right? and let people make up uh, their own mind. So the first good thing I picked is this is a really lovely car system to drive. Every electric car that I've driven has been an absolute pleasure to drive. Now, the one that I picked was the Volkswagen ID3, as regular listeners will know, because we've, we've kind of skirted around this issue a few times. And it is a beautiful car to drive. Yeah. And just for the listener, um, just paint a picture of what it's like inside. Interior-wise, there's more space, isn't there, generally? There's a little bit more space. So the ID3, for example, is roughly the same length externally as a Golf but it's actually considerably more spacious inside. So Volkswagen says, I don't think it's quite accurate, but Volkswagen claims that the space is closer to the interior space of Volkswagen Passat, which is a much bigger car. It's set, It's definitely more spacious, and that's because there's no big engine um, involved. You, you really feel it particularly in the front of the cabin. So very, very nice. And just with feel as well, so like stopping, starting, the ID3 kind of for me feels like a city car, you know, that you're dealing with well, traffic. It, it, no, no. I mean, it is a city car and most electric cars come into their element in, in the city, which we'll get into in a minute. But no, no, I've driven it down to rural Mayo, down to Cork, down to the extremes of uh, of West Cork, Bear Peninsula, the furthest point you can go from Dublin that right. I've driven it. It's nice. It holds its own. Don't forget, electric cars are quite heavy because of the batteries, which means okay, they feel when you're driving them. They feel pretty stable uh, on the road. So no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't say that uh, uh, it's particularly more suited to uh, when you're driving it from a stability point of view. Although from a range point of view, which we're going to get into now, uh, it is better for a city car. And that's my first bad point. 
range. So range anxiety, folks, let me tell you, for somebody who has made the leap, who has walked the walk, range anxiety is still there when you buy an electric car. And what I mean by that, there are some times when you cannot get from A to B, even though it's well within your range, without stopping for a charge. And then, as we'll get into in a few minutes, you might be facing queues to get onto a charger. So I'll give you an example. A couple of weeks ago, I tweeted something that caused a little bit of a storm, uh, ended up in an industry discussion. I was going from Dublin to Cork, and the range on my ID3 is over 400 kilometers, about 420 kilometers. And Dublin to Cork is about 260 kilometers. And by the time I got to 220, 225 kilometers, there was only 5% of battery left. I had to stop in Fermoy to charge. Now, let me say why that happened. Right. It was cold. It was like seven degrees outside. There was a southwesterly wind as well. Now, these are normal things in Ireland. In Ireland, predominantly the winds are southwesterly. Um, it, the average temperature is about 10 and a half degrees, which means that for a few months of the year, it's going to be cold. What you need to understand about an electric car is that when it gets cold, the range is lessened. Diminishes. And okay. were you going from 100% charge or 80% charge? 100%. 100% so I used charge. 95% traveling about 225, 230 kilometers. Now, this was a motorway. I was traveling at about 105 kilometers per hour. So I did an entire other podcast on how driving electric car changes your 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 driving habits, you tend not to go to the speed limit because, folks, and this is lesson number two, you cannot drive electric cars fast at the same speed that you would drive a petrol or diesel car and get the advertised range. You can't do it. If I drive on a motorway at 120 kilometers an hour, whether it's summer or winter, I will get less range than the advertised range. And that's something that... They don't really tell you about. We'll get into that yeah. in a minute, but... For now, suffice to say that that is something you need to know. So two th things you need to know, which in my opinion are not sufficiently clear. Number one, weather. If it is cold, you will get less range on your car than advertised. Number two, speed. If you go mm, sort of above 70, 70, 80 kilometers an hour for a sustained period of time, you will get uh, even in the summertime, you will get less than your advertised range. Put the two of those together and it'll be slashed. So I was going at 105 kilometers an hour uh, in cold weather and I got something around 56% of the advertised range and of if the your car. car. It is... was not enough to get from Dublin to Cork. And that's the key issue mm. here because what, when people take issue with this point, they say things like, yes, but you're neglecting to say that fuel efficiency is also impacted by weather and speed in a petrol or diesel car. No, that is an utterly irrelevant point. It's completely beside the point. And what I mean by that is there is no petrol or diesel car for which range really is an issue going from Dublin to Cork or anywhere else for two reasons. Number one, the range is, is longer anyway when mm. you fill up. Number two, there's always a petrol station uh, fairly close yeah, by. You don't accessible. have to queue to get to a petrol pump. So this is the key takeaway, and it's something that gets lost in a lot of the slightly narky, slightly pedantic commentary on this. Normal people want to get from A to B, and they expect their car to do it fairly easily without too much compromise. Now, sometimes, and only sometimes, when you're driving an electric car, you will not be able to do that basic thing, get from A to B, 
without a, a significant challenge. Right. I, I say sometimes because most of the time you will. I can drive from Dublin to North Mayo, which is a 320 kilometer uh, distance uh, on 85% of battery. I can get there. I've done it many times. It is absolutely possible to do that. And in the summertime, if you're fairly careful in your driving, you don't accelerate too hard, you don't brake hard, you will do that. Yeah. You cannot do it in the wintertime. And is and the other things that, that come into it, like the, you know, overloading your car or having the heating so, on, now, does that add just, into it? <laughs> overloading your car. So and, and thank you for raising it because it's another important point. The more weight you add to any car, the more it will take away from your fuel efficiency. But here's the key point. Let, let's, let, let's pretend that we're normal people and not car nerds talking mm. about this. It is a normal thing for someone to have their family in the car with three or four human beings. It is normal for them to expect the car to get from A to B with their family, with three or four human beings in the car. It is normal for that same person, if it's cold outside, to expect to put the heater on in the car. Now, Right. If you add people into a car or if you put the heater on and it's cold outside, those things will take additionally take range off your battery. They will from a petrol uh, car as well, not the heater, but the uh, loading the people will. But again, it's not an issue in a petrol or diesel car. This is not to take the position of someone who says you should have a petrol diesel car. I don't believe that. I made the leap. I put my money where my mouth is. I want electric cars to succeed and I've 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 actually gone ahead and done that but it is really important that people understand this right and they're not hoodwinked by some of the misinformation and frankly disinformation that's out there and from people who should know better do you think that why do you think that there was such pushback uh, you were talking about your your uh, spat on Twitter or, f- or formerly Twitter about range why do you think there is such pushback about the issue you raised about range? I think there are a couple of reasons. I think a lot of it is well-intentioned. Some of the pushback would come from people who are very environmentally conscious, as I am indeed, and they believe in good faith that pointing out the difficulties or the limitations of switching to electric could act as a disincentivization um, piece of information to people who might be thinking of going from uh, diesel or, or petrol to electric or from hybrid to electric. That's a fairly well-intentioned uh, objection. It still misses the point and it can still get clouded by... Um, uh, you can still criticize something that's good, you know. You can still criticize uh, something that's good. It still misses the point on, on some of the, the truth of the matter, though. Uh, others are a little, for want of a better word, they identify themselves with electric cars almost in a way that some people would with, say, the electronics that they buy or the TV show that they are a fan of. There's quite an element of that. And I I don't mean that pejoratively. That is just a fact of life. Like a Trekkie, for example, will in, you know, good-humouredly and and kind of in a fun way um, associate, you know, some of their everyday life with uh, with uh, fun stuff from from Star Trek. I've seen right. Tesla drivers, for example. There are a few Tesla drivers who genuinely identify themselves uh, Tesla as being a very important part of their life. Yeah. Okay. Now that's that's fine for them. For that constituency, they almost take it personally. 
yeah, if you're criticizing religious something. or political stance. Almost. So uh, I don't know if you'd say it's religious or cultish or anything like that, but you would certainly say that they take it slightly more personally. They take it almost as an affront to their identity and they feel that they want to attack on their community, their identity of their choices in life. Mm. So that's that uh, constituency. And then there's a third constituency who gets offended and gets riled. And frankly, that's a kind of a commercial constituency. That's really a constituency of people who, uh, for whom commercial considerations are important. They want to sell more cars or they have relationships with people who want to sell more cars or um, you know, that it, and, and that's fine that, that they have a job to do and uh, they have their nine to five and they've got their mortgage to pay. So there are a few different um, constituencies. The people who generally don't attack that position and who actually want a little bit more of it are people who just want to be told the basic information about what works and what doesn't and what the challenges are. And they still want to go ahead and, and 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 take the leap, but they want to feel, they don't want to be patronized. They don't want to be told that you don't need to worry about this. You don't need to worry that your car can't get from Dublin to Cork uh, in some months in the winter. You know, you, 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 that, that constituency, I believe, does actually appreciate. And they're the ones that are going to go out and mm. investigate and, and potentially buy, you know, yes. electro, uh, electronic cars. Like, you know, yeah. they're, they're going to go for that. Third constituency, the people that are interested in, you know, not being patronized and they come to, to it with their eyes wide open. Mm. They're the ones that are going to appreciate the warts and all view. Like there's some problems, but it's... Oh, absolutely. I mean, I would be in that constituency. I just like knowing what I'm getting into. And I don't want to have to dig down into jargonistic um, terminology in the small print in the terms and conditions to go looking at online calculators that may or not, may or may not take into account the real world conditions of Ireland. I live in Ireland. I drive from A to B in Ireland. I want to know realistically what I'm likely to to come into you know come up against in the winter time in Ireland. I'm telling you now what you're you're uh, likely to come up against, but a lot of people don't really want to hear that. Now back to something good. Seeing as I've been ranting for the last ten minutes, um, prices are actually coming down, and in a very very real way. So I I have written a column before about the sting of this for people who have already bought, oh, which is people like me, but. So we've done that piece. But look at it from the other side. One of the big problems for uh, uh, in getting an electric car was they're so expensive, like really so expensive. It was criticism I used to make, again, used to be shot down on the basis of the cost of running them, again, from semi-commercial interest. But um, now there really is a, a genuine uh, movement in the price. You can get um, a secondhand version of the car that I got, for example, say a two-year-old version, somewhere around the mid-20s, mid to late 20s. Now, it's much cheaper than it used right. to be. It's uh, not prohibitive. No. So Nissan, Tesla, Volkswagen, Seat through its uh, Cooper born, uh, they've all reduced their prices. It uh, Honestly, I'm expecting this year Kia and Hyundai and some of the others to do the same. Yeah. So, and, and they're coming down by between, you know, five and 10,000 euro. And you mentioned significant chunks. You mentioned BYD in your article. Yes, uh, they're really competing, aren't they? Are they? Yeah, likely I, to be? I tested a, um, a, B, a BYD, um, the Ado Three, nice car, um, very competitively priced. It's a early forties, around forty-two, I 
think is, is what they're charging for it at the, at the moment, but it's quite high spec inside for that. Um, and that's an example of a, uh, an electric car company that's coming into the market and really putting it up to the existing players on prices. That's one of the reasons the prices are coming down. Now, there are other reasons as well. Um, Take-up is cooling off. Early adopters, I would be would have been in the late stage of the early adopters, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. And we've all gone into the market now. Right. Most of us have. So it, the mainstream now, we're more skeptical they won't pay the higher prices to to you know for for a golf sized car. So um, that's another reason why the uh, why the price is coming down. But that's good. This is good for people who are considering buying. It means that even if you will have challenges on, on some of the things we're talking about now, it's going to cost you seven or eight thousand euro less, and that's a very powerful incentive. Yeah, yeah, and it's 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 all positive when it comes to that because the more people see mm. the likes of you, early adopters on the roads with your uh, with your ID three or, or you know Tesla or whatever, then they're going to be like, oh, there's a bit more confidence, yeah. consumer confidence, absolutely, yeah, absolutely, and you don't have to rely on, you know kind of some online chat group of somebody who lives, you know, so 150 obscure. kilometers yeah. away from you um, for advice or telling you that you're an idiot. Um, that said, let's bring up the other major drawback because there are two major drawbacks. One is confusion and misinformation over range. The other is, which is probably the biggest one actually, is the poor public charging infrastructure in Ireland. Now, it is getting slightly better, but it's still quite bad. So I made this point on a previous podcast. On the main trip outside Dublin, I do, from Dublin to North Mayo, uh, uh, west of Ballina, which is a trip of about 300 kilometers, over 300 kilometers, there is one single high power uh, charger. Or there was up until literally two weeks ago when Tesla uh, announced that they were opening some of their superchargers up to non-Teslas, and that is in uh, uh, the, the, one of those locations is Enfield, which you, you have to go off the road to get to, but I believe that's open now. But even still, that's a, a, a tiny handful of high-speed charge. There are some other chargers which are slower, which will do the job, but you're, you're going to wait longer. So unless you get onto one of those high-speed chargers, and in my experience, and this is experience of an EV driver of a year, there are sometimes queues for these uh, high-speed chargers because there's so few of them. Um, you, if you don't get onto one of those, you'll be what you could be waiting. You could be charging 35, 40, 45 minutes, maybe more. You wouldn't want to be pressed for time or going no. somewhere in a hurry. No, and it happened to me a few weeks back where um, there's a, a, a rural location I was in in Mayo, and the charger was not available. Um, it was offline, and uh, so I had to go to a slow charger. Um, you know, for 40 minutes, get enough juice to make the 35 kilometers to get to a medium speed charger, another 25, 30 minutes there, enough to get me to a high speed, to the one high speed charger and hope that it wasn't, uh, there wasn't a queue there, which I did. So it added about an hour and a half, two hours to the journey. And a bunch of stress as well, because yeah, you're trying and anxiety. to... And this is the thing. What I've talked about range earlier on, it genuinely wouldn't be that much of an issue if we had any type of uh, a decent public uh, infrastructure for charging. Now, it's like there are chargers out there, but the pace of adoption for electric cars is growing faster than the supply of the chargers. So um, 
that is a really, really significant issue. And I don't think anybody can, uh, there's nobody I know that has actually debated that point. We do have very, very poor public infrastructure. I do think that uh, it is improving. I th- believe in five to 10 years time, we will have a much better public inf- infrastructure. But right now, it is nowhere close to the amount of petrol and diesel pumps that you have available. Like it, It's such a tiny fraction of, of availability. Yeah. And, um, and, and that it's a significant disincentive. And is it obvious how how and where to use? It? I I see them. You know, you see them across from Houston Station. Mm. They go. Oh, it looks look like a plug. You just plug it in. Simple, easy, no problems. Yeah. But it is. Is it that easy? Just from your experience. No. I mean, it's well. It is when you when you're used to it. But electric charging stations are a bit jankier. They're newer, but they're a bit jankier. Um, when you when you're a beginner, when you start. There are different standards depending on the car you have. So there are different plugs, but there are also different charging accounts. Some of them will work simply by um, tapping on a credit card. Others, you need to have an account. Others will work you know, using a fob. Um, there's a few different players, ESB, uh, Ionity, Tesla Supercharger, um, I, I, and a few others. And um, so it's not like rocking up to a petrol station take it out, put it in. It's not like that. And that's a big problem as well. Um, however, you, you do get used to that and you get over that. Um, but it is another challenge. Okay, good. A good thing. I'll, I'll put it this way. I'm unlikely to switch back to petrol or diesel. Why, despite why all is this. that? Because despite everything I'm saying here, I do believe in electric. I do believe it's important. The challenges that I'm talking about here are still not as much of a disincentive as what we're doing by driving petrol or diesel cars, in my view. They're infuriating sometimes. They're frustrating. They're challenging. Uh, but it's only by highlighting them, I believe in this way, that they might start to get better. And not just to go along and try and gaslight people and say that everything's fine and it's all fantastic and, you know, you're obviously driving it wrong and, and you know, you shouldn't bring people in your car. Imagine arguing that somebody should drive a car by themselves with, without people. I mean, talk about the, the least efficient way. Take off your of shoes so people. you're not weighing down the car. You yeah, know, don't like, use the heater, yeah. you know. Um, uh, so, but I won't be changing back. Um, there is a possibility in the future where if the, if the public infrastructure does not get better and it remains a real problem, and if my circumstances change, if I had to travel a lot more around the country, for example, in that case, there is a possibility I'm, I might have to switch to something like a plug-in hybrid. Right. And the reason I would choose a plug-in hybrid is because most plug-in hybrids, you will get between 50 and up to about 80 kilometers and sometimes more for the bigger cars. But for the affordable ones, between 50 and 70 kilometers, on the pure electric charge that you get from the same process as plugging in a charger to your electric car, which means that for most of the journeys you do around the city, if that's your main route or your town or your area, you, it's it's almost like driving an electric car. You're, you're using electricity, you're not using petrol, okay? But for those longer journeys, there is also a petrol tank there and you can depend on that. So you right. don't, you don't, there is zero anxiety. And and just just finally on the I suppose the change it like why it's good to drive it and why you're unlikely to mm. it, you you said before that it makes you a different driver yeah it does so there's 
I, for example, on a motorway, I will never go at 120 kilometers per hour anymore. Now, I've kind of been forced into that because I know that I the range will be so badly compromised that I can't do it. Mm. But the same it goes for a road at 100 kilometers per hour. I now, by default, just back off by about 10, 15, you know, 10%, let's say, of, of, of the speed limit. But knowing that actually takes a different type of anxiety off the table. So I'm a lot more zen when I drive. I'm a lot more, no, no, I'm going to hang out in this lane. I'm going to go at 100 kilometers an hour. And anyone who wants to pass me can just pass me. And I let people go by. And or, But I'm not, I, I've now kind of calculated in a certain time that I have to get there. And I'm not thinking that I can get there three minutes earlier. Yeah. Uh, I'm not trying to rush. I'm not trying to overtake. Now, now, maybe some of that's encroaching old age as well. But I think that there is, it makes you into a slightly better driver, less less prone to taking risk, less prone to speeding. Mm. Um, more conscientious, maybe? More conscientious. And also, you are more acutely aware of the use of energy. So <laughs> even if I do have the range, I'll still probably back off from 120 to 100 or from 100 to you know, 90 or from 80 to 65. I'll still back off because I know that I'm using less energy when I'm doing that. And part of that is a self-interested thing, is a monetary thing. It means I won't have to charge as much as to save money. But also part of that is I'm kind of competitive with myself as as to, to, to being able to save energy. So it's an interesting, the factors that are at play, you don't notice those things as much with petrol or diesel cars. You do with electric cars. Um, so it has changed the way I've, I drive and uh, and I'm grateful for it. And that's one of the reasons that I'm not going to switch back. Anyway, I hope this has been um, of interest to the, the audience for this podcast in this episode is not people who are petrol heads and it's not people who are part of online EV driving communities who are who associate that with their identity. It's to the vast majority of people who are interested and curious in switching to an electric car or what they're like to drive or what it might be like to drive and the, and the cons as well as the pros. Definitely the pros and definitely the cons. So I hope that has done some of that for you. Uh, JJ Clark, who produced this episode, thank you very much for sitting in on it and also to John Smith, who was on sound. I'm Adrian Weckler. You've been listening to The Big Tech Show and we'll talk to you soon. Shachtan and Indo Askeliga. Time in mon Europe the end of Chacht Erachor. Agasuligum a Machan Shaw, Gurfeder Echor, Inuik Kart, Len of Winterfeen. Skilti, Fis, Turmi. Pashe Dochretche, Nach Vetoch, Ara, Igornamion, and Kestian Echo. Vien Tolem again Omgrev, Orkar Nrachtum. Yatakshet Horan Graven, Orkar Sun, Elis Duhalagas Giminefracht, Gora Klixar Dukashen Echor. Only Ven Own, Thardorakshin, Ven Marav. Shachten. Find us on all the usual podcast platforms.